Well, uh, tonight, Lord willing, uh, I would ask you to open your Bibles to Daniel chapter 12. Open your Bibles and your apps to Daniel chapter 12, uh, 1 through 13. I'm going to try, there's a lot here, and uh, I've never tried to break up 13 verses before, and I figured I probably shouldn't try it tonight, so I'm going to try, and, and even though there's a lot, I'm going to try and get through it, and so as we pray, you know, there are some people that uh, I feel compelled to, pay, to, play, to pray for. Uh, one of them is Nelson, like here, who's going in for knee surgery replacement on Tuesday of this week. Um, and uh, you guys may not know, one of my sisters is in now for a reaction to uh, medication, and they're trying to get her settled. And you don't, you definitely don't know, but my niece is in. Uh, they found a tumor on her brain. She's young, like 30-ish, and uh, she's been falling, and they couldn't figure out why. So they finally got her in, did some tests, and found out this is a tumor. So uh, that was removed, and uh, we just continue to pray for them. So we pray for all, all of you, all of you, everybody here who has. Something going on in life may not be the same, may not be similar, but we've all got some things in our lives that that we need to pray about. So uh, I'm not going to be presumptuous and think that you don't want prayer. Uh, It's just something that's on my heart to do, and uh, I can't help it. So, Lord, we just uh, thank you now for the things that we do know about, Lord. We know that the, the prayers have been sent up. And we know that you, you, uh, you, you will answer if it be your will, Father. So I thank you uh, for giving us this opportunity to pray for and with our brother Nelson. And we just pray that you would guide the sur- surgeon's hands, Father, and that you would uh, uh, allow uh, uh, Nelson not to be anxious for anything, but just continue to pray and, and just uh, seek your face in everything, Father, big and small that we consider big and small, but to you it's all the same. So I thank you. I thank you. We continue to pray for Melody. Uh, we continue to pray for Brett and uh, the things, the ailments that they're uh, dealing with right now. And uh, my sister, my niece, Father, we just pray for your hands of protection around them. Uh, we pray for everyone here, Father, and for the prayers that are spoken and the ones that are not. You know our hearts. Our desire is to encourage and lift up Father, our sisters and brothers in prayer. And we know, Father, that you're with us, that you hear us. So we thank you for that, Father. And we pray, uh, uh, thanking you for that sweet worship that we received already, Father. What a blessing it is. It always is. And we thank you for the word, Father. We pray that it would be rightly divided. And we know that you have a plan for each and every one of us uh, sitting here tonight or those out in pixel land, Father. We know that you've got a plan for each one of us. And I just pray that you keep reminding us, Father, that you're always working. You're in the details. You're in the big things, Father. And we thank you for that. We thank you for God who loves us. And we thank you for allowing us to be called your children, Father, your friend. So we give you praise and honor even now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1.
Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 says, At that time Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was seen, uh, never was since there was a nation. Even to that time, and at the time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. And the, the phrase, and at that time, uh, connects what, what follows with what has preceded. And this connects the expression, the time of the end. And you're going to hear uh, those um, things repeated over and over. It's going to be some, some of the same, but different ways of being stated. Uh, but uh, have quite a few scriptures to, to go along with the, thing, the ways that this is, is stated, the way, and hopefully we can understand what God's trying to convey to us here. The first thing is knowing that the book of Daniel is very, not only is it poetic, it's also very prophetic. And even today, I had a conversation with one of the sisters in the body, and she's struggling because she has a daughter, and that daughter says, yeah, mom, I understand that prophecy was for that time. That's the Old Testament. It doesn't apply today. And the thing with prophecy, it goes well beyond what you're hearing here and now. And not only the Old Testament, but the New Testament as well. And so she's, she's really struggling because she thinks that she should be able to convince her daughter that this is real, that these things are coming, these things are still coming. Yeah, but my grandmother, my great-grandmother all said the same thing. And we've heard all this before. You know, we, and they've been saying he was coming for hundreds of years. And when you read the Word of God, you realize that a hundred years is not that big a deal. You realize that a thousand years is not that big a deal. But to have someone that you love trying to convince them that God is real. You need Jesus. I don't need Jesus. I'm a self-made person. No, you're not. You're not. Even if you were able to do these things mentally, physically, the Lord had to provide that stamina. He had to provide that, that staying well. He had to provide all these things. And for us to be so naive into thinking that we made it on our own, no, you did not. So as we talk about this, we talk about the time of the end. And again, I want to make reference to some other verses in Daniel. Daniel 11.35 says, And some of those of understanding shall fall, to refine them, purify them, and make them white until the time of the end. There it is again, because it is still for the appointed time. It's for now. It's for here. It's for now. And we need to understand that the same God that did those things, that God is working in the same capacity today. And it's something that I'll, I'll admit that I struggled with for a long time, uh, trying to understand this. It, not saying that it was for then, it was for that, that it was for Israel. And yes, this all pertains to Israel, but there's so many things that are going on now in our society, in our nation, that, uh, that just reflect what we see here. Daniel 11.40, at the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind. 
with chariots, horsemen, and with many ships, and he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them, and pass through. Okay, this was prophetic. And when we look at today, there are ideas that are coming, that will come against us like a whirlwind. They are coming against us like a whirlwind. Not, not necessarily chariots, not necessarily horsemen. And with many ships, and she'll enter the countries, overwhelm them, pass through. So we're, we're being exposed to that to a great extent even now. And I'm not a big fan of the news. Actually, I'm not a fan of the news at all. Uh, and that gets me in trouble saying it, especially from here, because I've been told by some of the bodies that you walk around with your head buried in the sand. So you got to know, in order to get up here and teach the word, you got to know what's going on. You got to know what Fox is talking about. You got to know what CNN is talking about. And this is for me personally, because these same people, once upon a time, they used to send scriptures. Now they send videos on Fox, CNN, and all that other stuff. And these so-called pastors of mega churches, as if that means something to them. But folks, the same God that we worship then is the same God that we worship now. The same God that blessed us then is the same God that's blessing us now. And to say that that was for that time, things have changed. You know, and what we see, all of us, I don't know some people here, but I would have to ask you the question. What are you seeing more in this nation, this country right now? Unity or division? And I think as a whole, we would have to say division. And we see cases where people are creating reasons for having bias against others. There's go so far as to, there, there's no limit. And this is something that we need to be careful of because when we see these things, we think that was, that was for Israel and that was for then. And it can be, it is as it's written, but anytime I get to do this, to get to teach, I always like to give us life application. I always like to say, take a look at this and can that be applied to where we are today? Daniel 12, 4. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Notice that it said knowledge shall increase. You and I, rather than concentrate on being full of knowledge, I would say through the Holy Spirit, let's focus, let's pray about being more about wisdom. I can take knowledge. I can... I can store up enough stuff here to make it halfway through Jeopardy. You know, uh, not a finalist by any means, but it's just that that's knowledge. That's, that's his knowledge. So what we want to do is take that and allow the Holy Spirit to use that, to, that knowledge transferred into wisdom to be about our Father's business. And that's a phrase that I, I, I get to use a lot. And I know what it means, and I'm always concerned about whether my sisters and my brothers know what that means. Do you know what it means to be at your father's business? Do you know what the Lord desires of you? Not somebody you know, not somebody you read about. What does he desire of you? Everyone in here has something 
to offer. Not that the Lord needs that, but he's given you skills. He's given you talent. He's given you passion. And we want to use those things to glorify him and him alone. So my... Just do what he wants us to do. Daniel 10, 14. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Many days. He's still got a plan for us. He's got a great plan for us. And we need to understand obedience. We need to understand sacrifice. We need to understand consequences, positive and negative, in order to know God's heart. Are you reading the word? Are you studying the word? Are you living the word? Those are the kind of things that that I want to encourage each and every one of us to focus on. Knowing the word of God. When you know his heart, life is fuller. And by reading his word, that means you're honoring him. And God honors those who honor him. And he does. Um, with myself, when, when I was a much younger man, back in the early 1920s, there was, a, there was a time when I pulled away. And I thought life was good. I thought I was having fun. And this is as good as it gets. And so the Lord put it on my heart. Okay, son, I need you to return back to the way you were trained, the way you grew up. So I went to church grudgingly. There was no one to push me at that time. And when I walked in, uh, the pastor was, his uh, title of his message was, Come As You Are. And when I look around, when I, the people that I, I've gotten to know, know what they're going through, know what they've been through, and knowing that uh, the pastor talked about this morning, I wanted to clean up my act. I wanted to get it together. And I tried in vain to come around to, to push, to shake those things off that were causing me heartache, headache. I couldn't do it. No matter how hard I tried, you know, I would say, well, I'm praying about this, Lord. Why don't you just take it away? He was saying, but Richard, I gave you free will. So now I can do it, but you've got to trust in me. You've got to believe. You've got to understand that I want to do this in you, but I'm not going to force you to do it. So eventually he pulled me out of that. And I like to think that everyone in here has been through something. Just the fact that you're here means you came out of something. And that can be so varied into what you came out of, uh, the life that, that, that you were caught in and, and Again, uh, I'm not one to assume that everyone's a Christian, that everyone knows our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, your personal relationship. So I won't do that, but I will tell you before this evening is over, I will invite you to come up and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Again, still a choice that we, you and only you can make, but it will be offered. So I, I can say for certainty that your life would be exponentially better than it is right now. Doesn't mean that you're gonna, your life is going to be a better roses. On the contrary. And there's some, not here tonight, but some in the past who said, 
Well, I gave my life to the Lord, and it just seems like things got worse. And unfortunately, that's typically what happens. So the enemy has lost one. I want you back, so I'm going to ramp it up to the fact that you know that these are the things that you think sustain you, so you're going to want to go back to that. And I know this for a fact. No matter how hard you try, it has to be a working of the Holy Spirit. So don't beat yourself up because you stumble. God doesn't consider it as failure like we do. I fell. I, I backslid, so I fail. No, no. He's just saying, you know, let's keep going. Let's move forward. And the fact that you got up again means that you didn't fail. And, and he forgives that. He knows our hearts. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our strength. And he will use them accordingly. So I, I'm going to encourage you, everyone here, to seek him in everything, no matter what it is. But I, I just can't kick these cigarettes. I can't kick this alcohol. I can't kick this life of fornication. Yes, you can. The word of God says all things are possible. All. So there's no exception to that. And he loves you well beyond anything that you could ever imagine. But it sure doesn't feel like God loves me. Well, that's the, the, the flesh part of you that's speaking. The Holy Spirit says, yes, Jesus loves me. And even more so, Jesus loves me, yes, I know, for the Bible tells me so. It's a fact. And I, I would encourage you to look at that a different way. Jesus knows me, this I love. You know that he, you know that he loves you so just keep loving him back. He's going to give you love in abundance. He's going to give you so much love. He has given you so much love. You're here. And as I look around, everyone here is relatively healthy. Let's thank God for that. You know, if you want to realize how good you've got it, go visit a rehab center. Go visit a hospital. Go, go visit the surgeon's quarters at a local hospital. Go to a child detention center. Help to get it in perspective. And I don't want to sound morbid. I don't want to sound like we're defeated. We're not. He's given us a future and a hope. Let's relish that. And he would just continue to do that, even on our worst days, the way we describe worse. Jesus loves us. And, and in this verse, we talked about, at that time, Michael shall stand up. Michael is the only angel given the title of archangel. The only one. And there's a reason for that. His name means who is like unto God. He is the one who cast Satan out of heaven. Michael the archangel. Jude 9 says, Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. And understanding how the Lord is working in that, in those situations, in every situation, understanding that he's going to provide all of your needs. Well, didn't you mean to say he's going to provide all of your wants? No, I did not mean to say that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because he's going to provide those needs. 
And it is okay to want things, but we have to rely on him. He knows better than I do. He knows what will cause me to rise up and what will cause me to fall down. And he grants those accordingly. And he does the same thing with you. The things that you prayed for and you said, the Lord didn't answer my prayer. Yeah, he did. He said, no. No is an answer. And so what we do is we, we just focus so much on, on providing things that pacify the flesh. No one's exempt. Things that pacify the flesh. I want to be happy. I want to have fun. I want to be able to hang out with my friends in spite of what they believe and don't believe. And God says, that's not in your best interest. And he will put you in a position where it's up to you now. Do you still choose to hang around with those uh, people who are not in your best interest, those people who can be discouraging at times? He's going to give you a chance to say yes or no. And that's never going to stop. Revelations 12, 7, 8. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. The gates of hell would not prevail. That's a fact. And he will not allow it. You're a child of God. You're protected at all times. There's never a time when he's not engaged with you. There's never a time when he can't see your heart. There's never a time when he has your best interests at heart. Never, never, never. Even though it, it does seem that way sometimes, God is with us. This scene uh, that we spoke of earlier is in verse 1 is uh, concerning in the midst of the great tribulation, it infuriates Satan that he moves to destroy the nation of Israel. Prophetic, long ago. Is it happening today? Is Satan still moving to destroy Israel? And that's why he knew that. He knows that even through this, and he's saying, continue to pray for Israel. I will bless those who who bless Israel, and I will curse those who curse it. And it, again, it, it comes down to, are you willing and to know that the, the things of God may not necessarily be uh, will and won't, but as it turns out, it turns out to be do and don't, which means you got a choice. You have a choice to honor him and be honored or dishonor him and be dishonored. And it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It just means that he gives you a choice in everything, everything, no matter how big or how small, how insignificant how exciting, how heart-rendering, heartbreaking it can be. God's working. A Revelation 12, 13. Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Does anyone hear the word Israel in that? He punished them who gave birth, he punished the woman who gave birth to the male child. Michael stands in behalf of Israel as Daniel states. John in Revelation outlines this strategy. And this is Revelation 12, 14 through 16. It says, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle 
that she might fly into the wilderness to her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time. From the presence of the serpent, so the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Understand, nothing happens by chance, but the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood, while the drag- which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. The dragon wanted to destroy this woman. The dragon wanted to destroy Israel. But God was in the plan. He had a better plan for Israel, and that shows today. Um, will they prevail through this latest uh, scenario? And we have no reason not to believe it. Because if God is for them, who can be against them? So they may attempt to destroy Israel. They may attempt to destroy us. Uh, the thing that I want to encourage us with is knowing that these things have to happen, my friends. We got people now, and you know we got to do this. We got to stand up. We got to we got to picket. We got to riot. We got to do all these wonderful things, not realizing that God has a plan. And we say, "Oh, evil has taken over the world." No, it hasn't. This is all part of God's plan. God knows that. My friends, America has to fall. We don't like to hear that. America has to fall in order for the things to line up the way the Lord has them lining up. Has to. Well, why would he do this to us? We're a Christian nation. Mm, I've got to challenge you on that one. I don't want to, but I feel compelled. Are we a Christian nation? No. And whether we were ever one or not, that's subjective. But now we find that there are so many things that are out of control. And again, not going to go into any details on any of this. I would say all of you are more informed than I am about what's going on around us. It doesn't mean I'm naive or not being ignorant to the facts, even though some things have been said that were hurtful. But the Lord has not put on my heart to to tune into this. He says, but the Lord says, look up. If I'm glued into that TV, am I looking up? And I'm not proposing that you take the same mindset that I do. Some people feel they have to know what's going on. Uh, And the person sent me a video of a big ship out to sea. Mr. Williams, you've got to watch this. You've got to see this. Because Jack Hibbs is teaching it, so that means we should be teaching it as well. I don't know Jack Hibbs. And I, I'm, I don't feel compelled to follow someone just because they manage a large church. I don't feel compelled to follow anybody because their people seem to be more concerned about what's going on in the news than reading the Word of God. And again, I don't know the man, I don't know the church, but it's just that emphasis was placed on this person. If his church is watching it and talking about it, then you guys should be also. I disagree. 
But I have my opinion, they have theirs. All I'm saying to us is be careful where we spend our time. When you walk into a crowd of people, a crowd of Christians, perhaps, what are you bringing to that group? What are you going to talk about? Are you going to talk about the word of God? Or are you going to talk about the one world economy? What are you going to talk about? When you walk into that group, ask yourself another question. Am I being divisive or am I uniting? And unfortunately, some people can't see what they're doing. They can't see what they're calling disunity. So sometimes we have to be bold and we have to speak the truth in love. Brother, you're a divider. You're dividing the folks. If there seems to be a problem in the midst, wherever you are, well, I have trouble getting along with people at work. I have trouble getting along with people at church. I have trouble getting along with people in the social environment. Ask yourself, what's the least common denominator? Really? And we don't like to hear this because I'm never the problem. It's always them. It's always you guys. That is the problem. Always. What is it? Why does that always seem to follow you? Why does that always seem to go wherever you go? Do people feel better when you're coming up or when you're leaving? Ask yourself. And you know, all you need to do is watch. Watch their reaction. And you'll know. You can answer that one for yourself. But just things that we need to be reminded of. It's so easy to see your issue, and I can have a very similar issue, and I have a really hard time seeing. There's something scriptural about that, something about the plank in the eye or something like that. I can see it. I can see where you are creating schism in a group of people. I can see where you are not welcome to this Bible study because of your mindset. It almost seems like you came here to divide. It's hard for me to comprehend that that would be the, the, the issue with a Christian. But again, how do I know what a Christian looks like? Sometimes I think I do. And even as I sit around here on Sunday morning or stand around, I look and see and wonder how many people are here because they love the Lord. How many people are here because this is the only social interaction they get during the course of a week? And God forbid how many people are here just to get a free meal. I don't know. It says that we can't afford to be a judge, but we can afford to be fruit inspectors. I look around and I see the fruit of your life. And God, I hope that I can see the fruit in mine. Am I doing what the Lord wants me to do? Am I going where the Lord wants me to go? Am I being what the Lord wants me to be? And I challenge you to ask yourself those same questions. Hmm. Your people is definitely the nation of Israel, as it refers to in verse 1. Time of trouble is a great tribulation, as our Lord spoke of in Matthew. And he did speak of it in Matthew 24, 21. For then 
there will be great tribulations such as has not been seen the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And this is what the Lord says. He, he lets us know. He lets them know. it, And he's letting us know that this, these things have to happen. But Lord, this is horrible. This is an atrocity. Why are people allowing themselves to, why are the people mutilating their bodies to be something they weren't created to be? Is the Lord surprised by this? Absolutely not. Is the Lord pleased with this? Yes and no. He hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. Just like he does us. And the one thing that I see that we do, guilty as charged, is when we try and quantify sin. Well, I'm not the greatest person, but at least I'm better than her. So what does that gain for you? So now you are determining that someone else's sin is worse than yours. There's no way you can determine that. Another way to look at that, the healthier way to look at that is, regardless of who you are, God is willing to grant grace and mercy to you. How many of us have experienced his grace and mercy? I'm going to say everybody here, everybody there has experienced his grace and mercy. And he continues to do that. The word says his mercies are new every morning. And in my head, I've created a visual of waking up in bed and looking to see new mercy sprinkled on my pillow. What a joy. That's how our God works. He wants to do even more in your life and mine. Will you let him? And when we talked about verse 1, we talked about the remnant. And this remnant, which is Israel, is preserved but why does he love Israel so much? Should he not? Why does he love you so much? Why does he love me so much? Should he not? Well, I don't think I'm worthy. I can answer that for you. You're not. You're not worthy. He is. You're not. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. He loves you on your good days. He loves you on your bad days. He just loves you. Loves us. Period. Matthew 24, 22 says, Unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. The elect? Wow. So am I saying that God's a reflector of persons? If I say that, then I make myself a liar. Because the word of God tells me that he is not. So all the things that he does in a nation, all the things that he does in a person, all the things that he does in a church, all for the same reason, for his glory. Be mindful, give him the glory. Because outside of him, we can do nothing, we can be nothing, and we are nothing. And I want to be careful because there's probably some fragile hearts here now who are struggling with whether God loves them. And I'm surely, I don't want to be the one to discourage you. I want to assure you that he loves you. I want you to know in no uncertain terms, 
He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He's not going to stop loving you. So do you feel that way? Uh, Sometimes. Yes, sometimes no. It's okay. It's okay because his feelings are not going to change for you because of your behavior today, tomorrow, yesterday, next week, next month, next year. His feelings for you, and it's not feelings, his love, his heart for you is going to be consistent from this point on if you are a child of God. But what does it mean to be a child of God, brother? Have you been washed in the blood of Jesus? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And it doesn't mean that you're going to be a great person. It doesn't even mean you're going to be a good person. It just means you're going to be a child of God. That's all that matters. It really is a little bit more to it than that, but you know that leads you to ask questions about what's it going to take. What do I have to do to be saved? And there are some among us who can tell you what the, what the book of word, uh, God says, what the word of God says. We can encourage you by that. Romans eleven twenty six, And so all Israel will be saved, and as is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. He will turn away from ungodliness. The word say, says, if I don't come back, no one's going to survive. And for your friends, my friends here now, look around and see what's going on. And it comes up a lot in prayer because some days, in given days, too many days, it seems like the wild, wild west. There's no concern for human life. There's no concern for morals. There's no concern for ethics, or I should say very little. It doesn't mean all is lost. But we've turned away from him, so he's granted our desire. You don't want me in your schools. You don't want me in your public buildings, your governmental buildings. You don't want any of this stuff. Okay. Okay. How do you like it? How do you like the results of that? And unfortunately... Uh, Some of us have become to the point where we just said, I I can't do anything about this, so I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to rest and see what the Lord says. Is he calling you to do anything? If he is, do it. If he's not, then don't do it. But what's the Lord calling you to do in these situations like this? Are you hurting? Are you fretting? Are you afraid? says, fear not. Why would he say fear not? Because he knows we will fear. We will have fear. We will be afraid. And he just continues to encourage us, remind us, you are going to go through these things. Trust me, my child. Trust me. Revelation 7, 4. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. 144,000? Well, that leaves a lot of people out, doesn't it? But is that how you're going to view that? He's just going to take these 144,000 and say, all right, the rest of you hit the bricks. 
It's not going to do that. And I just pray if there's anything in here that you don't understand, this doesn't lend itself to answering all the questions that you may have, especially if you are not a believer or you're a new believer. Ask questions. Be bold. Bold as lions. I want to know. We like to see that thirst for the things of the Lord. We encourage it. And there are some among us who will be more than glad to answer any question you have, no matter what it is. And I'm not saying that we can necessarily, but we get, a, we get to spend quite a bit of time in the Word, and we love to be able to share what the Lord has given us through the Holy Spirit. So don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Don't allow pride to get in the way. You know, I want to know about what you just said. Okay. Let's dig in. Verse 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some in everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Everlasting life? Yeah. So you mean that I'm going to have everlasting life? Yeah, you are. Here's the rub. Where are you going to have that everlasting life? You're going to have everlasting life. The question is where? There's two places and only two. Now, I don't know anybody's background. I don't know how many of you think that purgatory is the third option. I want to convince you that it is not. Heaven or hell. And if you don't understand either one of those, ask questions. I'd be more than glad to address it. Those are your options. Nobody can pay enough money or say enough prayers or wear enough rosaries to get you out of your final destination. You're the only one that can make that choice. Choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, in this case, it talks about the remnant in verse uh, 2. The remnant living in the great tribulation will be preserved. These are the Old Testament who have died belonging to the remnant, will be raised at the end of the great tribulation, some to everlasting life. Some. The Old Testament saints are not raised at the rapture of the church. At the rapture, only those which sleep in Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus will, will God bring with him. Only the dead in Christ shall rise. How do we get to be in Christ? We get to be in Christ by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand those words? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do we understand what that means? Very important that we do. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, 13 says, For as the body is one, it has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. One spirit. Jesus, one spirit, not a lot of options. He doesn't make it so make it so everybody can have their own individual God. You can, 
That's the choice that you make, but that's not God's plan. Christ told his disciples who were members of the nation of Israel that they would be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And I just want to confirm that in Acts 1.5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Can this be applicable to your life? Yes. You can be baptized by the Holy Spirit if you aren't already. You can be. Are you willing? Are you ready? Are you able? Two out of three yeses. I can't speak for are you willing? I pray that you're ready. I pray that you're able. But it's got to come from within. It's got to be a condition of the heart, my friends. It's got to come from the heart. When these words were spoken, the baptism was still future, and the Old Testament had already run its course. This is future. Old Testament saints are raised at the end of the Great Tribulation to enter the kingdom. The church is raised before the Great Tribulation to be with Christ. Do you want to be in that number? You can. Will you? The church is raised before the great tribulation to be with Christ. In John 14, uh, three response to that. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Do you want to live in glory with him? Or do you want to suffer eternal damnation? This takes me back because when I was a youngster, you know, the, the, where I grew up, all messages contained fire and brimstone. I had no regrets about it, but uh, it was uh, almost as if some of the younger people, or older people in some cases, committed themselves to that because it was out of fear. If you don't, if you don't accept Jesus Christ today, you're going to burn and to have some, tell somebody they're going to burn is, doesn't lend itself to terms of endearment. It can instill fear if you allow. And some people need fire, uh, fire and brimstone. Some people need just a loving touch, a soft word to be encouraged. Which one are you? Some to shame and some to everlasting intent. And that refers to the loss of the Old Testament who are raised for the great white throne judgment at the end of the millennium. Some to shame and, and everlasting contempt. Revelation 20, 11 through 15 says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works 
by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. The death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Has God seen fit to put your name in the book of life? Or has God allowed you to just go your own way, live the way you want, have fun, be with your friends, and dishonor him? Which one has God allowed you to do? We got choices, my friends. Lots of choices. Well, I shouldn't say lots, no. Two options. Heaven or hell. John 5, 28, 29 says, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. You may have a friend or relative who says, when you're dead, you're dead. That's it. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. It's not true. There's that second death. And we need to be mindful of how painful it is. We need to be mindful of the fact that we have another option. We need to be mindful of the fact that God wants what's best for us. He is willing to take that old life, those things that we've we patterned over years, and take it and turn it into something good. And with me, uh, I'm, I, because of what I used to do for a living, I'm a very visual person. And so what I do is I encourage myself to these, these visions that I have. I'm not talking strange, creepy type things. But I'm talking, in this case, a potter and a potting wheel and the clay. And what the Lord will do, he will shape you, he will form you, he will mold you, he will break you. He will tear you into pieces and put you back together if you will allow. So think of yourself as a beautiful piece of pottery. And when you think about the mansions, all the pottery that exists in that Some is for honor, some not so much. But there's pottery for everything. He's formed you into a piece of pottery, a work of art. He's wrought you. Now he wants to do something with you. And when I think of that, what do you need? What do you need, Lord? He says, I need raw material. What do you mean raw material? I want you to be ready, I want you to be able, and I want you to be willing. I need that raw material to form what I want out of you. Do you want him to? Do you want him to use that raw material that's you and form something even more beautiful? In his eyes, in my eyes, you're beautiful now. But just think. It's going to be so much better. 
when he puts that finishing touches on you. Uh, he's going to form you in the shape that he sees best for what he wants you to do or be. He's going to make you that color, that beautiful red, blue, green, yellow, that color that just lights up the world, literally. Are you willing to let him do that? That's what we've got to ask ourselves. Everyone here is a work in progress, in process. Everyone. He's done great things. He's doing great things. He's going to do great things. You're going to let him? Verse 3. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Like the stars. Light. Shining. Illuminating the word of God. Studying. Sharing. Which is another deal of people who study the word and they don't share it with anybody. And I can name names. I won't. I really know it, but who you're sharing with well, the Lord hasn't called me to fellowship with anybody. Whoa, wait a minute. Something's wrong here. I thought I saw scripture that referred to that. So you're, getting, you're gaining all this knowledge by reading the word of God, but you're not sharing with anybody? Do you think that honors the Lord? And I thought about this even more during the COVID era. I heard it's not over yet, but I'm out of touch. Um, when we found it easier to stay home and stay in our pajamas and multitask, we can do the dishes, cook, whatever, all that, and listen to the message with one ear. It's not quite as effective. You need to give it, I need to give it my full attention. So when we forsake the assembly of the saints, we're not honoring God. He wouldn't have it in there if it wasn't important. And I've said this before. Some of you have heard it. Some probably not. But when you decide that you're going to just read the word at home, sitting on the side of your bed, and going to church is a drag, a hassle. You don't want to do that. I always say two people are missing out. There's someone that you need to hear from, and there's someone who needs to hear from you. And if you're not in the same place at the same time, it doesn't happen. So when you come to church, come with the expectation of encouraging someone. Come with the expectation of blessing someone. Regardless of how we perceive it, come with the idea of doing what God has called us to do. There are a lot of lonely people out there. Those who live alone and the only social interaction they get is here on Sunday mornings. The only time they see a smile and hear a hello is when they're here on Sunday morning. And that may need to come from you or maybe from them to you. And that's how. So it always blesses my heart when I get to be in this environment. It always blesses my heart when I get to fellowship with my sisters and brothers in most capacities. I won't say all. There's some places I choose not to go that the Lord has said, no, I don't think you could uh, behave in that environment. 
So I think you better just stay away. So I try and honor that as much as I can. Philippians 2.15 says that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Crooked and perverse generations. That's Old Testament. That's not what's happening today. Nobody's crooked. Nobody's doing these ungodly things. It's all good. Crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Well, Richard, I'm kind of shy. I'm kind of reserved. So I'm I'm not a person that's going to go out on the street or stand in the fellowship hall and talk to anybody. Let me share another visual with you. How much noise does a lighthouse make? None. Lighthouse doesn't make noise. It shines its light. Doesn't have to be loud. Doesn't have to seek attention. All it does is shines that light and guides the ships of safety. So you can be that. Just let your light shine. You don't have to be that person that's very vocal. He's calling you to be light and salt. And if you're not the person that's bold enough to do that, then allow him to use you in other ways. Is this you? Is this you that can just shine, let your light shine? And I like to think we can do that. Well, I'd rather not be seen. All right? Keep the basket over your head. Who benefits? No one. And that's not the idea of the gospel. Okay, a couple more verses and then... uh, I'm going to go home. I'm going to skip way down to, um, for the sake of time, I'm going to skip down to Daniel 12, 13. But you go your way till the end, for you shall rest, and you will arise to your inheritance at the end of the day. Daniel was told, as was Peter, that he was going to die. He would not live to see the return of Christ but he would be raised from the dead to enter the millennium. And in this, in this verse, uh, in the lot, in thy lot means that Daniel will be raised with the Old Testament saints at the beginning of the millennium. Daniel will die. Daniel will be raised. Peter will die. Peter will be raised. And many more. But in this context, we're just going to talk about those. We're not going to talk about them. I'm just mentioning those two. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 23 but now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the first fruits after with those who are Christ at his coming. And it talks about uh, his creation, all the creation awaits the glorious day of the future. All. And you may say, well, I don't believe in that nonsense. That's your prerogative. The word says, 
Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Every, no exceptions. So you can fight it. Just because you don't believe it doesn't make it not true. Jesus is coming back. Romans 8, 19, to 22, 19 and 22. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Birth pains. Some of you women know about it. And even if you don't have children, you still know about it. And you see where it's ramping up. And it's ramping up very, very, very quickly. Those pains are getting closer and closer together. So when you see things look around you, look up for uh, your Redeemer is nigh. As for me, I know my Redeemer lives. There's no question about it. I have no doubt. Your Redeemer lives. Follow him. Last verse. Revelations 20, verses 4 through 6. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness. You guys, we can, we can name uh, some. Uh, you, if you read the word enough, you know who they are. As a witness uh, for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads and on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Daniel, poetic and prophetic. God gives you a chance to choose. He gives you a chance to have your heart changed through the Holy Spirit. He gives you a chance to be one of his. If you choose not to, I feel is my duty to warn you that there are consequences. We have all seen the consequences of our sin. And for us to invite ourselves to something that's even worse, what a tragedy. He has a great plan for each and every one of us. Lord, if there's anyone here who does not know you yet as their Lord and Savior, I pray that the night is the night that they will come running, asking What must I do to be saved? Lord, we're just so thankful for my friends here tonight, uh, those who are here in person and those who are on the airways, Father. We're just so grateful. And as always, Father, I pray that your word was rightly divided. And if I said even one word that discouraged my sister or my brother, Father, I pray that you would just strike it from my memories even now. So I thank you for this opportunity to share. Thank you for just uh, giving me a chance to share what was on my heart with those that I love, Father. And I know, and I know, and I know that you've done great things. In my heart, I know that you're doing great things. 
And from the very center of all my being, Father, I know you're going to do greater things. So have your way in our lives, Father, and just continue to bless my sisters and brothers as only you can. May the Holy Spirit rule and reign in your life throughout this day and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, our soon returning King, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming out.